Wellness Force Radio, episode 42. I think the healthy eating and the lifting weights, that'll get you those physical results. But it's those things like happiness and doing things that you love to do. You know, we can have six pack abs, but if we hate our career and we're miserable all the time at our job and coming home at night and taking out on our loved ones, that's not wellness to me. So you have to take the whole inner and outer into it. You can't just have one without the other. So welcome back to another episode. This is Josh Trent, your host, trusted friend and digital health coach for your wellness journey. And wherever you are right now on the stairs, maybe with the family or driving in the car. Well, if you're driving in the car, you can't do what I'm about to ask. But if you aren't in the car, stop, take a breath, because I want to thank you and acknowledge the fact that you're investing your time with me here on the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing this small slice of your day with me here on the show. If you're brand new to Wellness Force, this is where I bring you the most inspiring and passionate experts in both wellness tech and behavior change. These are the thought leaders. They dedicate their lives to empowering us with knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. So happy you're here. I want to share this new review from a listener left on iTunes. This is a five-star review from listener Winter Botan. Winter states, I heard about Josh's show on the Paleo Hacks podcast last December. Ever since I've been tuning in, this dude has been through some real stuff and I respect him. I listen to some shows on iTunes and find that the fitness models and people who have been skinny their whole lives are unrelatable. I feel like this show is a real resource for my goal of losing 40 pounds by the end of 2016. So every week, this is my spot. Thank you. Hey, Winter, thank you so much. That was such a cool and honest review. I love reading these reviews. Winter, I'll be sending you something really special via email shortly. If you're listening, email me, josh at wellnessforce.com. I have a special treat for you. Speaking of treats, at the end of every show, check out Listening Till the Very End because we always go over free giveaways and treats. But today's show, Scott Colby, this is one for the record books. You're going to love the topic of today. And that's the power to change. Scott Colby is known across the fitness industry as a powerful fitness coach, fat loss specialist, and entrepreneur. But what I discovered today with Scott was his emotional depth. So much of what we talk about on the show is for behavior change. And essentially, changing our behavior means that we change our mindset because our beliefs and our mind has a direct correlation. But the power to change doesn't always come easy. So on today's show, Scott Colby is going to talk about the presence of emotions in the process of letting go of old weight, the effectiveness of gratitude, how to integrate that, emotional presence and vulnerability, as well as the importance of having a community of support, how to set that up, how to share your journey in overcoming body issues and really letting go of old beliefs so we can become more powerful and yield more happiness in our lives. Without any further waiting, let's jump into today's powerful show with Scott Colby. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be so exciting, man. We actually connected over a year ago. We were in the same group in health and wellness for podcasting. But before we get started, man, we have a ton of extremely powerful things to discuss today. I'm curious if you could share something fun or interesting that most people might not know about you. Man, we're going in all my secrets already, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think something that most people don't know about me is, um, you know, I'm known right now in the fitness industry, but I actually started in research. And so I did 10 years of research in sports medicine, working at a number of different institutions. One of them was in Vail, Colorado at the Stedman Hawkins Foundation, and they treat a lot of professional athletes. And I actually um, passed in the hallway a couple famous people there like Joe Montana and Monica Sellis and they were there getting treated. But yeah, so I, my background is actually in uh, biomedical engineering and I have a lot of um, research experience. I've been published in peer reviewed journals and uh, I probably should let that out there maybe a little bit more often, maybe increase my credibility. Right? Absolutely, man. So you're on PubMed or? Um, I don't know if I'm on, I probably am on PubMed. Okay. I actually haven't gone to there in a while, but yeah, I've, I've, I'm published in like spine and gait and posture and some of those big scientific medical journals. And that was kind of my, my career before I got into the fitness industry. And I don't talk a lot about it too much. And I think probably my closest clients don't even know uh, much about that. Well, this is something that I love about you. And I think it's why I'm so pumped to share your message, your story, what you're excited about, what you're up to right now on the show, because you're one of the most authentic and just open guys that I think exist in the fitness industry. You know, before the show, we were talking about how we're both attending men's groups and how emotional intelligence is so incredibly powerful when it comes to changing the body and getting, you know, the, the weight loss and the health goals that people want. And today's show is, I'm really, really excited because it's going to be about the cornerstone for any health or wellness program. And, and that's mindset, you know, what it takes to overcome barriers in life, career, relationships. I mean, even people that are fighting food addictions or drug addictions. Scott, you have the Power to Change podcast. You're a fat loss coach. You have a program called Fit for Photos. And like you touched on before, you have a background in movement science and kinesiology. But you were this big sports person growing up. You played basketball and soccer. That's what kind of led you into biomedical engineering, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I always was a sports nut growing up. I was the only one in my family that was a sports nut. So I remember just every time uh, getting up, you know, I was in elementary school, getting up before um, going to school and going to the breakfast table. My dad would have the sports page ready for me uh, at my place at the <laughs> breakfast table. And just I love sports. And, you know, I was probably similar to a lot of guys and like, hey, how can I make a career out of sports? And, you know, only a very small percentage of the population can prof play professional sports. So I knew that wasn't going to be the direction I was going to go in. But as I intended college and was thinking about what I was going to do after college, I really was interested in sports injuries for some reason. I just, I think I have a a good um, mind for the for the science side of things and medical um, medical injuries and, and uh, the terminology interested me as well. And I really didn't even know what biomedical engineering was, which turned out to be what I got my master's degree in. But once I learned about, hey, you can actually make a career in research and um, studying sports injuries. And you know, one of the things we looked at, Josh, was why do women tear their ACL, their knee ligaments at a higher rate than men. It was quite fascinating what we found out. But just kind of that led me to a career and studying the way the body moves. And then eventually, I wanted to work on my own. And so that's how I got into the fitness industry. I wanted, uh, I wanted to go in an industry where we still 
looked at the human body, but was also able to help people achieve their goals and relatively an easy business to get into, right? I think anybody who wants to get into the fitness industry can, and you can actually branch out and start your own business fairly easy as well. I mean, it's not like starting a restaurant where you've got a lot of overhead. Um, And so that's kind of how I started. I just took the my passion in, in studying the way the body moves and combining that with wanting to help people get fit. And that's, uh, that's how I started in the fitness industry. I love what you said. A lot of people start in fitness. And in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, but not many people make it because there's such no. this high turnover level of trainers right now. And we're going to talk today about this mindset component that I think can be applied on the trainer side, on the client side. I mean, no matter who you are, the, the way that we put our beliefs into action uh, really goes over any kind of methodology or protocol. But I want to go back to your story real quick. 2005, when you opened up this Her Strength Boot Camp, you were an engineer, a biomedical engineer. You're working in, in research and science. And then you make this transition to working out with women in the parks. I mean, what was that like going from the clinical setting and then now working one-on-one with people? Like, what did you see? What did you learn, you know, working with women in 2005? Yeah, um, thanks for asking that. So I made a, and this will be good for those people who want to make a transition, because I actually wrote about this in my email uh, today that I sent out in my newsletter about making that transition from working, you know, in a job that you may not be totally happy with, with going out on your own. For me, I actually, it was a fairly slow transition. So before I started my boot camps, I was working with women one-on-one. I was doing some in-home training and also training some people in a corporate setting. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, as I started my business and, and training clients in the evening, I was fortunate enough to be able to keep my job for a number of years while I built up my business. And so I actually um, transitioned my research position into a t- part-time position just three days a week. And that allowed me to, to grow my, my uh, in-home personal training business and then eventually my boot camp business. And it was cool because one of the reasons I decided to transition from a one-on-one trainer to this boot camp where I train many women at once was because of that supportive camaraderie. I think, you know, I think we get better results in a setting where we have other people pushing us and supporting us. And I find that especially with women, they just really like that atmosphere. I know a lot of, you know, don't want to speak for all guys, but many guys want to do things on their own. And maybe we can get into that as well, where we, hey, I don't need help. I can do this on my own. I don't need to be in a group setting. Uh-huh. Yep. Really yep. I really find that the women were more receptive to that. So that was kind of the interesting thing that I found when I started my my boot camp business, and then it even has transitioned over online, Josh, because I now coach people online, but we have a Facebook community, and it's a women's program, and they're all very supportive of each other, and they'll actually open up probably a lot more than men will as well. They'll share their feelings a lot more, so it's been an interesting journey, to say the least, to to be working with uh, so many wonderful and amazing women. It's powerful because when you talk about the ability for a human being to be vulnerable and be accountable, I think they go hand in hand. And what I've been experiencing in, in my groups, my digital health coaching groups, is a mirror of what you're saying, Scott. 
you know, the ability for women to put out that kind of beacon for connectivity and beacon for accountability. It's the same thing. I feel like the more open someone is about what they're actually feeling in the moment, by the way, it could be, you know, working towards a weight loss goal or working towards a muscle gain goal. But when someone's actually vocalizing and verbalizing how they're feeling, what's going on for them psychologically, have you seen that be a catalyst for transformation? And can you contrast that between the people that don't open up to the people that do? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can give you a, a recent example in my Fit for Photos program. Um, what I was telling you is we just introduced a mindset component into the program. And I just call it a 21-day mindset reboot. And the reason I'm doing this, the mindset component along with the physical component is because I found that a lot of uh, women in the program they just, you know, it has a pretty high success rate, but I wanted it to be better. And I think the reason some people weren't successful in my programs was because of the mindset. Something is going on in their head that won't allow them to complete the program. And most of what's going on in their head are things like, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, or, hey, I didn't do as well as that other person, so I'm not even going to try. And so right now we're really digging into, you know, why, why we have these thoughts <laughs> in our head. And a lot of what I'm finding, and this is just the ladies in the program, they're answering just two or three questions each day. And the first, the first few days is this discovery phase where we're, we're looking real deep and like, hey, you know, when in life were you maybe told that you weren't good enough or that you'll never amount to anything. And we're going deep into these questions. And it turns out a lot of what the ladies are thinking about themselves right now have stemmed from something way back in their past to something somebody told them or maybe an event that happened in their lives. And they've carried those thoughts with them through adulthood. And it may have led them to doubting themselves, low low self-esteem, low self-image, or even uh, cause them to fear certain things. So where they're thinking, well, shoot, if I was told I wasn't good enough at an early age, then why can I, why should I expect to be able to, to lose this weight? Or why should I be able to expect to start my own business? I'm not good enough to do that. So we're digging down deep and going through this discovery phase. And then we're going through kind of this nurturing phase where we or teaching them to change their thoughts and their negative self-talk into more positive self-talk. And then at the end of the 21 days, which we're actually almost at, they're going to be kind of designing their new life. So to summarize all the whole process, they're writing a new story about themselves. They have this old mm. story that's, that they're discovering is not true. And by the end, they're going to write a new story about themselves that will hopefully – um, lead them to really good things that they're going to be able to do, not just in the physical and health world, but other things, relationships, careers, things like that. Oh, I loved everything you said. There was five questions. I'm just going to ask you <laughs> one though. And, the, and okay. the one is, have, have you taken specific courses? Cause I love the way that you reference, we needed to change her story. Cause it's a story, you know, the list keeper in the brain keeps a story about what and what not is possible, depending on the paradigm we learned when we were a child. Why do you frame it like that? What, what courses have you done? Has there been anything in your life that you've studied, that you've educated yourself on in the personal development realm to take that approach with clients? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I recently uh, took a certified mindset specialist training course through the Mindset Performance Institute. And that combined with the men's group that I'm that I'm currently in, which we talked a little bit about, uh, talks about exactly what I'm describing here. And, and I'm finding in my own life that I was maybe told things at an earlier age that I carried with me, you know, throughout adulthood. Things like, you know, my, so for example, like my parents were pretty strict. I had a good upbringing, but, you know, we had to get good grades and, you know, you didn't want to bring home a bad grade or or else, that type of stuff. So there is an element of like, okay, shoot, like if I got a C on a test or something like that, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to show anybody that grade. Well, then what could that make me feel as an adult? I'm afraid to do anything wrong, right? I always have to do things right. And that could translate to, hey, I'm not going to take chances because I'm not going to take a risk of failing. And just something what seems to be small at an earlier age or if somebody has a good intention, it could really affect you with the way you you perceive yourself. And so in the men's group and also in the certification course that I took, we're learning to realize that. So the first, I think the first part is this awareness that we're aware that, okay, this is where my story came from and it's not true. And I get to choose how I feel from here on out. I get to choose my actions and it takes a lot of work. It's not going to be something that you're just going to completely change after 21 days. It's probably going to be a work in progress for the rest of your life, um, something that you work on daily. But just know that a lot of us are externally referenced. We let other people's situations affect us or what other people say about us affect us or that number on a scale, we let that affect us. And once we just start to become more internally referenced to where like we can control our own happiness and our thoughts, that's when the magic occurs. And I think you're going to get a lot better results in your fitness program once you are internally referenced and you can have a a strong, courageous uh, inner core. I'm listening to you talk about the men's group and the work you're doing with the Developmental Institute. And I'm thinking about the contrast here. And I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just shooting from the hip right now. I'm thinking about this time that you've written about before you did your photo shoot. And for the listeners that don't know, you can go right now to scottcolby.com. And it was a photo shoot, Scott, that you had done. I believe it was in 2012, correct? Yes. And this photo shoot sparked you wanting accountability after realizing that you couldn't do it all yourself and that you were kind of your own worst enemy. You were holding yourself back. What is this importance of having a exterior framework for accountability, a support community, a um, accountability structure with a coach or whatever it might be? What, what made you do that? Do you feel like it was some of the things that happened when you were a kid? Like if you weren't perfect, you couldn't talk about it? I think probably there was some truth to that. Like, and I know I told my story on my website that I was a type of guy that didn't like to take his shirt off at the pool or at the beach. I was just like, I feel like I have to take my shirt off. Like all eyes are going to be on me. (laughs) And I had these thoughts almost like, you know, it's like sitting in the front of the classroom and not wanting to be called on because you're afraid you're going to give the wrong answer, that sort of thing. And it's really interesting. I'm not sure if these 
thoughts in my head about, hey, I don't want to take my shirt off because I don't think I look good, probably stemmed from something that happened in childhood. Like, oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough. And, you know, that probably caused me to sabotage a lot of, you know, my results that I was trying to get in my own personal fitness journey. One of my goals was to always um, to be to get six pack abs. It was just a personal thing that's kind of like the peak of physical fitness Who doesn't when want six pack abs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to showing off your body. It's what you see in all the men's magazines. And yeah. I would fail every year, fail in the sense that I didn't achieve that goal. And who knows, I may have been sabotaging myself because like, okay, if, well, if I have six pack abs, then I shouldn't have any fear of taking my shirt off. And I would set these goals and I would try to do things on my own. And, um, you know, I would do good for two weeks and then slide and then move my goal back from like uh, Memorial Day to 4th of July and then do good for a bit and then move it back to to um, July 4th, um, or excuse me, to uh, Labor Day and just kept pushing my goal back. And it wasn't until I kind of put everything together, I was like, hey, I know what to do for nutrition and workouts, but it's not happening for me. So let me try something else. And uh, it wasn't until I got the support that I needed um, along with being accountable to people. And for people, for me, what it was was putting it out there on social media like, hey, I declare that I'm doing a photo shoot. And that was kind of the missing piece of the puzzle for me was the uh, uh, doing a photo shoot. And the reason I picked a photo shoot was like I realized that I had to do something where – I was somebody was going to either be watching me on stage or taking my picture because if I'm just setting a goal of six pack abs, I can always hide under the clothes. I can always hide it in my apartment and nobody can ever know if I really got my goal or not. So what if I do this and put it out there to the public and do a photo shoot? And it wasn't until I put all those pieces together that I was able to achieve that goal. But the interesting thing is Josh now and going through the the mindset training that I've done, I'm trying to understand. Hey, you know, is the fo- <laughs> did I did I set the goal of the photo shoot and put my pictures out there like on Facebook for people to see? Was that my way of needing other people to say, "Hey, you look great. You look great." Now I know internally, hey, I did a good job. I don't need people to validate that. I know. Some people probably do, and that's something we're probably all working on. We love to hear those compliments, but those don't define who we are as people and who we are to the core and our integrity. That comes from within. So even though I did the photo shoots and I still do them because I like having that as an end goal, I don't need the the affirmation or the confirmation from people saying you look great i know that's going to come from how i feel about myself on the inside and i think the the craziest and most intense part about this whole thing in your explanation is that you did this photo shoot in 2012 uh 2 weeks before you turned 41 years old so you're 40 years old using accountability through connection through emotional connection in a group to spark you being in the best shape of your life at age 40. I mean, I think that is a clear indication of not only the necessity of having accountability through emotional connection, but I almost feel like it's something that's not talked about enough. And it's cool that you're doing a lot of training in your group right now with women 
with Fit for Photos with the mindset piece. But I'm curious if you could maybe share a story or shed some light on a specific client that you've worked with, someone you've known that might have had body issues. How did they overcome this body issue or these stories that they had been telling themselves and move forward? Yeah. And, you know, I have the the women I'm working with now, there's several of them in the group that I don't know. Well, I think they probably definitely have body issues, but I think more in more general terms, they don't feel good about themselves because of, to be quite honest, their husbands or their significant others um, are... I guess they're they're making them feel bad about themselves by their actions and the words that they say. And so it it really has has taken a lot of of just kind of going in deep like I mentioned earlier they they're it's I think if I just did the fit for photos component without the mindset they could get the the pictures and the physical results that they want but they wouldn't necessarily be strong internally if that makes any sense. So perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. It's really taken like the, the photo shoot really boosts their confidence in the short run. I think like they look at their photos like, Oh, look how, how well I did. Look how strong I look. But if you have a spouse or a friend or a family member, that's constantly on your case about certain things, then I don't care how great your photo shoots look. You're still probably going to feel bad about yourself if you haven't done that work internally. So I'm working with several women right now who've had to go deep and they're realizing that they are strong, that they are doing this for them um, and they're not doing this for anybody else. And it's, it's taken not only, you know, the typical things you do in a physical fitness program, like eating clean and the workouts, it's taken more than just answering the mindset questions we go through a process of meditation and expressing gratitude, which I am huge on. If you are, if you're expressing gratitude and appreciation for things that you have in life, even small things, it's really hard to be down on yourself or mad. <laughs> so we're sure. expressing gratitude. We're doing affirmations. We're doing readings, um, and it really takes a concerted effort of all of these things. And we have. Women, this is women in my previous groups that didn't do the mindset training that would get some amazing results. And they would come to me, and this would frustrate me. And they say, I don't see any change. And I'm like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? What do you mean you don't see any change? I remember one lady, she, it was after like five weeks, and she was like, I don't see any changes. And at that point, she was on pace, if you will, to have the biggest transformation in her program for just for me looking at her before pictures and her five week progress pictures. And we make the ladies take pictures each week, each week as a measure of progress instead of weighing themselves. And so a lot of these ladies aren't, there aren't, they have a blind spot in which they aren't seeing their own changes. And it comes back, I think all the way back to the mindset and things maybe they were told early on in life. Because if you post those, you know, I had the lady post her pictures in the Facebook group. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that, you you know, your results look so good already. And that 
you can't see her results. And so it's really interesting how the mindset works. And um, I hope more fitness people get on board with not just helping their clients make this physical change, but also a mindset change. Because the mindset change can help you in all areas of your life. Like I mentioned, your relationships, uh, your career, your finances, uh, your spiritual relationships, it can have a profound effect everywhere. The power of this is that you were referencing this client who's had tremendous results, but yet inside of her, the story, her paradigm was saying, no, you haven't. <laughs> you, you haven't gotten better. You're going to fail just like all the other times, all the other times where it hasn't worked out. And so then she's coming to you with that energy, with that explanation of her previous story, with her old paradigm in control when you're working with a client that has the paradigm. How do you isolate the paradigm? How do you make somebody aware that they're in a bad story, that they're in a bad paradigm? That's a great question. Um, and, and, and it's funny because it can, be, it can be seemingly the smallest thing. And I've got a great example of this. Just, just yesterday in our Facebook group, we're, you know, we were on day 17. I said, hey, let's get a day 17 check-in. And the workout for the day was a six-exercise circuit for 30 minutes. And your goal was to get in as many rounds as you could in 30 minutes. And of course, different people are going to take different amounts of rests and, and be at different fitness levels. So you're going to have people doing different number of rounds. And one lady commented that she did six rounds. Well, after that, two other ladies commented, I only did three rounds. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> that word only, that word only is... A word where you, I mean, it, it's an innocent word and they may not have meant anything by it, but by using the word only to describe, I only did three rounds, you're basically saying, I didn't do as good as this other person or I didn't do enough. And it's our unconscious mind that said only. Like, I actually, it's funny because it was either yesterday or the day before. I was talking to somebody about how much money I made that day. And I said, I only made this. And she said, hang on, <laughs> you're only, she said, be thankful for what you did. So, but anyway, so for these two ladies that said, I only did three rounds, I said, let me do some coaching with you here. I said, you use the word only. And I said, that's our, your unconscious mind. You may have thought it was just an innocent word, but your unconscious mind is saying that you didn't do enough. And I just asked them, how could you reframe this? To where, you know, where you love yourself for how much you did and you put a positive message to it. And so they write, they wrote like a new way of phrasing it. And it's just little things like that, that, um, like I mentioned, it's, it's going to take more than just this 21 days for everybody to, um, I guess, you know, have this complete change of their mindset or probably will never be complete. You're going to have to, work yeah. on it daily. But I think just, I think people will begin to catch themselves of, of when they say words like that and they'll be like, okay, I didn't mean to say that. Here's what I really mean. I love myself that I did, you know, three rounds. I feel strong and powerful and uh, I did a great job. Man, we are our own <laughs> worst enemies sometimes, aren't we? Because the words that we use are so powerful. They, they mean so much to whether we're not going to get to our goals or whether we're just going to explode and go way past our goals. Another word that I've, I've heard on my end is when someone says, I have to work out or I have to eat healthy. And it's like, wait a minute, let's put the word you get to in there. 
Like I get to eat healthy tomorrow. I get to wake up. Let's transition here to gratitude. You have a gratitude Facebook group. And I know that this probably comes up in the group, the ways of being that members are being to each other, the way in which we're communicating, the words that we use. What's your definition of gratitude in your life? What's your practice look like for yourself and for these women? Gratitude has been something that I've been really, just really trying to integrate in my life for about the last two years. And it started, I mean, I always knew what gratitude was, or at least for several years. And then I started to put it into practice after reading the book, The Miracle Morning uh, by Hal Elrod, just writing down in a journal, your gratitude for the day is one of the components of his morning routine that he teaches. And for me, it just, it makes such a big difference in my day. And not just saying things like, hey, I'm thankful for something obvious, like, hey, I got two new clients today, so I'm thankful for that. Obviously, you're going to be thankful for that. But just what about the little things like, I've, you know, it's a sunny day here in Denver, and I've got the ability to leave my apartment anytime I want and to walk outside and to enjoy the sunshine. I appreciate that. And I realize that not everybody has that um, type of life or even just the ability to walk or to see the the health things, the things that we take for granted that sometimes we don't appreciate until we, we might lose them. And so for me, um, I try to instill gratitude in everything I do, but also the, the, the fitness program. Like we will have gratitude challenges in my Fit for Photos program where people will write down their gratitude for the day for like seven straight days. And it's pretty cool because the other ladies, they enjoy writing their own gratitude, but I think they enjoy even more reading the other people's gratitudes and what they're going through. It just gives you a a glimpse of other people's lives and, and what they um, what they appreciate in life. I love it. Gratitude challenge. That's such a cool way to say it. Gratitude challenge. Then in your own life, I mean, how do you challenge yourself when you, you know, let's say a day, a day comes up where you don't feel like being grateful. How do you make yourself feel grateful when in the moment you're not doing it? Is there a certain habit we can instill for that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, for me, when I try to instill a new habit, I have to do like the new habit after something that I do unconsciously. So in other words, like, hey, uh, I could say I'm going to express gratitude um, every time I brush my teeth. So my brain, brush my teeth is an unconscious habit that I do. I don't want to think about. And then that gratitude may be a new habit. Now, going back to your question, to be honest with you, that is something that I'm still working on because like, yeah, there are times where um, you know, I might be in an argument with my girlfriend or something like that. And I don't, in the moment, I don't appreciate, you know, who she is as a person, all she's done for me. And you really have to, it's, it's probably the same work that you're doing in your men's group and your studying of the mindset. Sometimes you really have to take a step back, um, know your boundaries and know when you need to maybe take a break or separate and then when you do, when you can just pause um, and think of like all the good that that person has done for you, um, it's tough sometimes in the, in the heat of a moment. But I think if you just practice it, um, practice meditation, that's something that I do every day. For me, meditation 
is fairly easy to do on a daily basis because I do guided meditation. It's so relaxing. It's something that I look actually look forward to. And so if you're maybe something that you're doing already like meditation or exercising, you can just put gratitude on the back of that. I think sometimes mm. maybe even, you know, you're working out maybe with your trainer or in a group setting, bring everybody together at the end and just express appreciation for for the workout that you just did. Anywhere where you can maybe put it on the anchor it to something that you're already doing so you don't forget to express the gratitude. What I'm hearing from you is when you least feel like practicing the gratitude, that's the time to really look at what in your life you could be grateful for. And it's counterintuitive because when we're experiencing anger or depression or whatever it might be, I feel like the last thing we want to do is be grateful for something, but it's crazy because in that moment, and this has happened to me, you know, handfuls of times because I'm like you, I'm not perfect and none of us are, but the moments where I have been grateful for something, when I'm experiencing pain or whatever it might be, those have been the moments where I remind myself to breathe. And then I actually feel physiologically different after a few minutes. And I'm like, oh, wait, I actually love my brother or, mm. you know, whatever it is. And that's powerful, man. So thank you for sharing that. And I know your time is tight. I just want to keep you for a couple more minutes for our seven for seven. This is seven questions for seven top of mind answers. Are you open to it? Yes. Okay. There's a lot of ways to practice gratitude, but if you had to pick one, What's the favorite way or thing that you practice gratitude for or about in your life? Uh, I, I mean, I think it comes down for me, for my health. Um, I, I, you know, I don't take that for granted because there's so much sickness around us, right? Whether we're overweight, we have cancer. As somebody that's on Facebook a lot, as maybe you are as well, you see people struggling on a daily basis, Um and you'll see that in your newsfeed. So I always like to express thanks to my health. Um, and especially if I go in and do a workout with my trainer, I'll express gratitude for the, the community setting that they've built in their gym for the workout that they took me through. And I just try to make health something that I appreciate each and every day. And, you know, whether I don't really have a set method, so whether I just say the gratitude in my head or I write it down in my Facebook group, or I write it down in a journal. Any of those ways works well for me. What is the best book you've read this year? Evolved Enterprise by Yannick Silver, which was basically a business book, how your business can have more impact and meaning and happiness. So really, it was a, it was a business book about, and it, it featured it featured a lot of different businesses that do good. So it's not just about making a profit, but it's about doing good. And actually having a new business idea from reading that book that I'm going to try to implement this year. And it revolves around gratitude, so I'm excited about it. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> what are your, if you had to pick three habits for cultivating emotional presence and or vulnerability. What are three of those habits that you feel like you cultivate? Okay, I would say definitely meditation because that allows me to go within. Um, I'm, you know, it allows me to think about my thoughts, my feelings. Um, it just puts me in a great frame of mind. Number two, I would say either going for a walk or for a hike um, I actually just wrote about this the other day in my men's group. When I feel like the most connected with my internal self is when I'm on the top of a mountain. Uh, you know, I've just done a hike and we have some sort of view of the city or the mountains or even looking at a sunset or a sunrise. So I know, you know, uh, uh, going for a hike is, 
a daily habit, but going out and being outside, I think, is where I connect the most, and that that really helps me. So meditation, um, being outside daily, and my third one would be probably, (laughs) this sounds funny, but I live next to a dog park, and I don't own a dog, but see, like, I try to get close to a dog every day as much as I can because they, I see the happiness and joy that they bring people. And, uh, my girlfriend started to, to dog sit. And so it's like my first time being exposed for several hours around a dog and they can really make you appreciate like, Hey, dogs are always happy. They run up to other dogs and start playing. How come as humans, and it's really weird as humans, we often, I, I was talking about this the other day, I'll pass somebody in my hallway in my apartment and I'll look at them to see if they look at me and I can give them a hello. But a lot of them just look down and they look like they have a scowl on their face. And I'm like, is this really how we're living? <laughs> and dogs. <laughs> if we could only be more like yeah, dogs, dogs, yeah. Dogs just run up to you. Or even my experience in Guatemala, the, the people there are just so friendly. They'll look at you in the eye, say buenos dias to everybody. And I wish we had more of that here. What is one mindset we must have to shorten the pain or the learning curve in our relationship with food? Just know that you have the choice. The power is, is yours. You know, nobody's forcing you to socialize and, and drink that wine. Nobody is forcing you to make bad decisions. And, uh, you know, you don't have to eat the birthday cake at somebody's party. You have that choice. And I would, you know, encourage people to ask themselves, you know, when they're choosing what to put in their body, is it taking you towards your goal or is it taking you away from your goal? And if you can simplify it like that with a yes or no question, and that's not say you can't have anything bad, but just know the power is yours and you can still have fun. You can still socialize and make wise decisions. So just remember that. If you woke up tomorrow morning and for some reason, the internet was deleted. Oh Somebody had compromised it. I know it's kind of a serious thing, right? The, I think a lot of things would break if the internet was deleted. But if, you, but let's just say that it was, and all your work was gone. You, all your articles, all your videos, all the contributions you've made to the fitness and wellness industry are gone. And let's say you had to start over. What would be one of the first things that you'd write about? Connecting and being authentic. I did an unplugged weekend as one of my adventures and. We actually didn't use the internet or cell phones, and we had real conversations with people. And so I would probably write stories about connecting with people and being authentic and transparent and just try to build relationships that way and not through you know, emailing or texting people, but actually face-to-face conversation. Last question, Scott. What is your personal definition of wellness? How do you define wellness in your life? I define wellness as loving yourself, being happy with yourself, appreciating those around you, and being strong and fit through weight training and eating healthy foods. I think, you know, the healthy eating and the lifting weights, that'll get you those physical results. But it's those things like happiness and doing things that you love to do. You know, we can have six pack abs, but if we hate our career and we're miserable all the time at our job and coming home at night and taking out on our loved ones, 
that's not wellness to me. So you have to take the whole inner and outer into it. Um, you can't just have one without the other. So I think wellness encompasses happiness, gratitude, having fun, doing things you love, being strong on the inside and out, and eating foods that will fuel your life. Scott Colby, we covered so much on the show today. Is there anything you feel like we missed that you want to touch on? Gosh, you're right, Josh. I think we covered a lot. And um, kind of my maybe my parting words would just be similar to my last answer. Do find things that make you happy, you know, and do more of it. So if you don't like going to the gym, but you love to play basketball or racquetball, do more of that. If you have always been wanting to travel to Costa Rica, pick up the phone and call somebody that's been there or do a bit of piece of research. So something that'll lead you to that goal. You don't have to leap from point A to point Z in one night, but do take that leap from point A to point B. Make those small steps, lead you to your goals. Really know what you want out of your life. That's important. Be very crystal clear. And when you do that, you're going to enjoy life that much more. Scott, I so appreciate your outlook, man. You are one of the most, as I said, when we started the show, authentic and open guys in the fitness industry. I really appreciate you coming on to the show today. And just want to pause for a second and thank you for the ultimate contribution you're making. As open as you are, the stories that you share on your website and that you've talked about today so openly and so generously are the ultimate contribution. And I want to thank you for that and what you're doing with your site and how you're just serving the industry. You're welcome, Josh. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you. It was an honor to be a guest and you keep up the great work as well. Where can people learn more about what you're excited about right now? Yeah, so I would say probably the biggest or the best place to go would be my website at scottcolby.com. Awesome, Scott. Thanks for coming on. There goes Scott Colby, abs expert. You can find more information about Scott and all his transformational work at scottcolby.com. Also check out fitforphotos.com. How cool was Scott's answer about his definition of wellness, by the way? This is what I love so much about learning from these thought leaders on the show. And in true form for today's episode, I want to practice gratitude with you right here, right now. Beyond just my gratitude for you listening to the end of the show, I'm also extremely grateful for your feedback. This show is run by you. It's the information that's going to empower you and give you the tools to make the best decisions in your personal wellness. So with that said, I would love to hear your voice about the guests you'd like to have on the show and if there's certain things about the show that you really love or you think could be better, I would absolutely love your feedback. Please email me, Josh, at wellnessforce.com. You can also tweet me at wellnessforce or just search on Google for wellnessforce. It'll be all over the front page. Now, this week's treat at the end of every show is from audible.com. Audible is offering someone from the Wellness Force audience a free month of using the Audible app and a free book. If you've been on the fence about listening to a book, believe me, I've been listening to books for years. It is the best way to digest this content. You're going to love it. So reach out to me, josh at wellnessforce.com. I'll get you hooked up with that free month from Audible as well as your free book. Now you get to go and have an amazing day with all the tools and the inspiration that you learned from Scott and every other guest that's been on the show. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.